This is Agents Influence Podcast. I was Mr. Connector Guy doing the, hey, you ought to talk to this guy, and who should I talk to, and, you know, all that stuff, hyperactive. And finally, I just said, hey, why don't I just publish the list? I literally published it and curated my updated list of all the software companies in Phoenix, because I was watching the pitch competitions. I knew all the founders, I, you know, every month I'd add 15, curated for four years myself. And uh, it became Greg's List. It's a free resource to help the crazy founders get connected to the resources, talent investors, experts to help them grow. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, you loyal listeners, to another episode of Agents Influence Podcast, Conversations with Who? Jason Cass. Appreciate you being here. Agents Influence Podcast is where we take your ideas and your thoughts and we tell the world what you have to say. And here I am with Mr. Greg Head. Now, a lot of you guys out there, you're thinking to yourself, I don't know who this cat is. That's okay, because he's not from the insurance industry. But you follow and listen to me because I like to follow and listen to the people who have their finger on the pulse. And I believe that Greg does. Now that's up for debate. Greg might say, Jason, that's you're making me bigger than I am. But I follow Greg. I read his posts and 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 the way that he thinks is a little bit different. Now he's not in this insurance game like we are. So he has he's more of the software guy and he sees these. But if you follow him out there and you're like, hey, before I listen to this, I want to know who he is, go look him up, Greg Head, just like you would say, uh, how you how it would be spelled, and look him up and look at some of the posts that he talks about where um, he kind of pushes back on some of the conventional thinking and not only the conventional, but also some of the stuff that's being done today. And I love how he sometimes throws a question in it. So as you all loyal listeners know, this is InsureTech Week, which is better than Shark Week. And why we are doing this is once again, every week, every podcast that goes out on this network, all 13 shows that go out have to do with InsureTech. And so I have brought you some people who are CEOs in tech firms. I brought you some VCs, but I wanted to bring you someone like Greg, I think, who has a more neutral mind on some of the stuff that we're going through. And, and it's going to really, really help you say, get a little bit more grounded and expand your base on some of the insure tech or some of the software or some of the, the things that are going on in every industry let alone just the insurance industry. So, Greg Head, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you, sir. Hey, Jason. I'm glad to be here. That's the first time I've been introduced as a cat, some kind of cool cat, you know, out there. So I'm happy to be here and share some ideas. Yeah, people can find out what I've been talking about on LinkedIn uh, with uh, just uh, look up my name, Greg Head, H-E-A-D. Funny how I have to spell it after all these years. I just have one of those names. Yeah, it's pretty simple. You are right about that. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Three questions. You an iPhone, you a Droid user? iPhone. iPhone. That surprised me about you, Greg. I thought you might have been a Droid user. I really mm. did. Well, what was the... Don't, 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 don't take it personally. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm a Droid user. That's a question I ask all the time. Uh, so uh, what's the last app you downloaded, Greg? Let's see. 
it was probably, I'll just look it up here, check my app brain here. Um, I finally got on board with Calm, the, you know, the meditation oh. app, right, for all of okay. us. Freakishly. You like it? Yeah, you know, it's I, I'm working on it. I'm a, I'm an old software guy, and I've been in the entrepreneurial, fast-moving pace world for all these years. So, you know, I'm, you know, trying to chill uh, once in a while. So, yeah. yeah, that's about it there. <laughs> okay. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? I love to win, and I come from the entrepreneurial side. So there's a lot of. Uh, not simple winning and losing, right? So, you know, you're experimenting and so forth. So uh, winning and creating is uh, is part of the game. And losing, we write it off as we go along and throw it off the train like it never happened. That's right. And, it can, and, and sometimes that can help us win next time. You know That's what I right. mean? That's right. That's so, right. So, yeah. Greg, uh, two things in the world we believe led you to where you are here at AI. This is what we believe. Uh, doesn't mean that there's more, but we believe skill or luck. What was a bigger factor in your life to where you are now? Yeah, I think there are two sides of the same coin, but I come from the skill side. I built companies, uh, software companies. I invest in software companies, and I think entrepreneurs change the world and crazy people create the future. And so uh, it's a little bit of timing that goes along with that, but uh, it's... It's uh, at the beginning of everything that exists today is a crazy person who made it happen. And damn right about 99 percent of the people are not creating things. They're just showing up like I do in many parts of my life. I just show up and use calm and whatever, you know, use my iPhone or whatever. But everything that exists, you know, whether it's uh, Edwardsville or St. Louis or, you know, like whatever, like there was a crazy person at the beginning. There was, there was that, and that everybody called crazy. Yes, and told him that he was he or she yeah. was an idiot. So yeah, right and their mom, st- their mom always said, "Stop doing that," and you know, and he said, "I gotta do it," and it's not obvious. So, uh, yeah, so that's how I view the world: is that people have an influence on it. Greg, so, uh, so that we can relate a little bit more to you, take us back to high school, diapers, whenever you want, and bring oh, us forward goodness. in about two to three minutes. That tell us, tell us how you got where you are now. Well, let's see if I could do the three minute challenge here. Uh, I'm from the Chicago area, went to school at Iowa, and came back to Chicago in 87 to look for a job. And a friend of mine said, hey, work with me at this software retail store when software was just starting as a business. It was very misfit, very, very, for the geeks, very in the corners. Not everybody had computers. And the software store was called Egghead Software. So I was Greg Head from Egghead. I'll give you that gift, Jason. But um, And then I'll fast forward. So I was selling software, retail software. I was going crazy. I love sales. I fell in love with all the software. It was the beginning of the – that was my time. That was my luck. I joined at the beginning of the package software industry, and it's been booming ever mm-hmm. since. So that's total luck there. And, uh, and I joined a little software company True. that made the best-selling software for salespeople in the 90s called ACT. ACT exclamation point software. Anybody who's older than okay. 35 or 40 would remember it from those days. It was a top 20 product of the of the 90s. And uh, with the you know we sold that to Symantec and we created another company and bought it back and you know sold that again. So I was in the CRM industry three times with ACT, SalesLogix, and then Infusionsoft, which is now called Keep, K-E-A-P software. And so I've been growing software companies from crazy silly startup. When in early markets where nobody's doing it, but someday everybody will be doing it. 
And uh, right. now I help the crazy founders of software companies all over the world who are growing software companies, some in insure tech, some, but mostly in just everything that is booming and growing. So that's, you know, now I, I advise and consult and invest in uh, early stage software companies. So I'm that old and I'm still kicking. So you also have Gregslist.com, yeah. not Craigslist, but Gregslist. Yeah. Uh, tell us what that is. Well, uh, I'm kind of a, I'm still hyperactive after all these years, and I help a ton of founders. And in Phoenix, where I was for 23 years, after I left, left the last company that I grew to 100 million, I just started helping all my friends, and then, um, you know, who were running software companies, and they were all complaining that you, there's not enough talent investors, and Phoenix isn't a software town. And I was helping them all, and I said, I've helped 100 founders. There's 100 software companies here. Nobody believed me, and all the investors and talent was chasing me around. And I was Mr. Connector guy doing the, hey, you want to talk to this guy, and who should I talk to, and yeah. you know all that stuff, hyperactive. And finally, I just said, hey, why don't I just publish the list? People were literally asking for my list. Can you share that list of yours, Greg? And, and so I literally published it and curated my updated list of all the software companies in Phoenix, because I was watching the pitch competitions. I knew all the founders. I, you know, Every month I'd add 15. Mm -hmm. Curator for four years myself. And uh, it became Greg's List, which is now a really big deal in Dallas, where I live now uh, for the last two years, and Phoenix and a few other cities. So it's a free resource to help the crazy founders get connected to the resources, talent investors, experts to help them grow. So these are the, you know, creating the future and creating prosperity in our future communities and uh there is they're complaining they can't get it can't get the help so i'm connecting the help so ten thousand people a month go to greg's list and find where to work and who to invest in and find other software companies in their neighborhoods we got 10 cities now and we'll see where that goes so that's one of my projects wow and, yeah greg's list you know how much yeah. And, and I love that. And Greg, you know, how much this has changed, um, what, no matter what industry we're, we're talking in, we can talk specifically um, in, in about insurance, but no matter where we're at, it's um, this was all this investing and all this software and starting these startups was at a very high level. And in the insurance industry specifically, it's now come down all the way into agency owners are now creating their own software yes. and going and getting financial backing. Right. I mean, the little guy, the little guy on the corner now is creating this stuff. And this is so different, isn't it? You've got the history to say that, I mean, this to me, I'm only 43. This to me has only been around in this insurance industry. I don't know about the rest of it. In the last probably five, six, seven years to where it's really just, not only is it amplified, but it's also allowed the smaller guy to get involved. Is that, am I wrong or right by seeing it that way, Greg? Yeah, there's two things going on there, Jason. I think you're very right. Uh, the software industry has grown since the late 80s, right? We had the software in a box and then software and servers and now software in the cloud. And for the most part, that or all those early phases, it was software for every kind of company, right? Um, Salesforce.com, software, and Google, and Facebook, right? It wasn't industry-specific and so forth. So software has been growing and growing for years. But a lot of industries like insurance, finance, education, um, you basically go deep into any big industry and you realize people are still, they're not using all this modern software. It isn't built for them yet. 
Uh, they're still using pen mm -hmm. and paper, construction software, right? And so in all of those areas, software is now coming in very hard. I'd say it's one of the biggest trends in software in the last five years is that it's going deep into all the industries where they're like, we're ordering something on Amazon in, you know, very sophisticated. We could just about order a car in a couple clicks. And then we go to insurance and they're saying, please fax everything. And it takes about a yeah. month. And, you know, so consumers yeah. are, are in one side of driving this is saying, uh, this, you know, anybody under 30 doesn't know how to use the post office or a fax machine. So, so they're kind of like, yeah, I don't get this. Can you please come to the modern age? And there's so much efficiency inside the insurance business and technology. So there's the boom is happening in banking called fintech, uh, in construction, mm -hmm. in ed tech, education, uh, and of course in the insurance industry, which of course, you know, it's like one of the most massive businesses on earth, four trillion in revenues uh, uh, globally. So it's not surprising. So, that, you know, I would say it matches uh, what's happening in the software trends as a whole. Um, the second thing is, you know, in the 90s, we making all this old software. We actually kind of had to raise venture capital money just to build software because it was so expensive and you need a team of 20 people to make Windows software mm -hmm. and, you know, just to build something. But now people can kind of do it in their basement. An insurance agent who mm -hmm. knows how to program or has a brother or can hire somebody in India or the Ukraine or something can build something if they're smart for a few hundred thousand dollars. Right. And that spits out of their right. business or something like that. So there's an explosion of software um, that isn't just big companies, big funding, you know, the big name. There's an explosion mm -hmm. of lots of little uh, software companies. Some of those actually grow up quite big and some of them, you know, uh, stay little and don't play the Silicon Valley billion dollar unicorn headline grabbing funding game. So there's kind of a myth that I've, I've been talking about lately that the software industry is just these IPOs and all these billion dollar fundings and funding, funding, funding. There's 80% uh, of the software companies don't, aren't gobbling up tons of venture capital uh, investment funding. And they're growing out of, you know, out of businesses that are, and they're self-funding it and they're, they're growing up there. So, mm -hmm. and some of that's an insure tech. So some things in insurance tech take a lot of investment to move there. And a lot of things don't. Uh, take a lot of investment. And so software businesses are a lot easier to create these days and uh, a lot easier to sell before they're absolutely huge. So those are two trends in general that are happening in software. Industry. I call it uh, in indie tech. So yeah. we have independent insurance agents. Yes. We call it that indie tech in the fact that insurance agents, especially owners, we, we make good money. Yeah. So we do have a lot of disposable income to say, you know what? I do have some money to go hire my brother-in-law yeah. or someone yeah. in the Ukraine or whatever and get a good product. And it's interesting how those, a lot of those agents, um, they still want to sell their insurance. They still want to run their agency. Yeah. They just have this idea that they've used in their agency that's worked and Hey, maybe that can work for somebody else. Right. And so you are right. It's, it's popping up everywhere. It really truly is. And I remember around in around 2013, 2014, um, Greg, I would get phone calls as an agency owner, one, two a day, and it would be these, um, I'll call them high school or college kids, probably 24, 22, 20, yep. 
hey, I, I just graduated and all I'm doing is calling around specifically in the insurance industry to find out what are your biggest problems? What are, what are the biggest headaches you have? Mm. Where are the biggest inefficiencies you have? And I got these, and I mean, all of us agents would be like, where does this come from? Well, then a year or two later, here we come within 2016, 2017, we come with this insure tech. Right. And it's really crazy because in the insurance world, the insure techs were, we don't need the agents as the distribution model. We'll be able <laughs> to figure it out on our own. Just like Progressive thought in the mid 2000s, whenever right. they decided they didn't need agents, they were going to go online. And that lasted for about two or three years. And they realized they ran out of people. Now we're seeing it to where the insure tech carriers are starting to come back now and starting to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, we do need you agents. And so now we're actually going to create insurance companies that are actually going to be able to help manage some of this stuff. So yeah. it's really, really been wild. But here's my question for you, Greg. They say, now these numbers are not exact, but they're pretty close. From 2017 to like 2020, the industry took on $4 billion, InsureTech did, took on $4 billion in capital money. In 20 to 21, they took on $4.2 billion in the first half. Yeah. And in the third quarter, they've taken on $6.4 billion. So, I mean, those are remarkably unbelievable quick numbers. Where does it end? Where where's the cap out here? Just so real quick, Greg. Just hold on, Louis listeners. Greg, when you read his writings, he 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 challenges the status quo about always thinking that you have to be some unicorn or you have to be getting a lot of capital in order to be successful. And that's kind of where I'm going here with this, Greg. What are some yeah. of your thoughts? Well, uh, so it says that the insurance business is large, and about. Five years ago, 2015, Silicon Valley was starting to aim their guns at what are the all the old industries that don't have technologies? And then they would like real estate, another one, you know, uh, commercial, mm -hmm. residential real estate. Commercial. So they were starting to aim at that saying, they don't even know what's going on. We're just going to make software and, you know, take them out, just, you know, disintermediate, right? So that was the Silicon Valley little story. And what they've learned, of course, is Insurance it, uh, is a really big and deep industry, and it isn't that simple, sorry. And uh, th that the insurance experts combined with technology experts are the ones who are finding the deep leverage and creating businesses. But when you say, so so there's a lot of, so it just says there's a lot of money coming into InsureTech. The wave is upon us, right? And uh, just like mm -hmm. there was a wave of social media 10 years ago, it's, this is the wave of InsureTech. It's happening. is isn't going to stop. Uh, and there are big companies getting created. It isn't just a bunch of little guys and can, they're all staying little and it's a bunch of experiments, little startups. Some are getting bigger. What happens with Silicon Valley funding, you think it's well, gosh, where could $4 billion worth of funding go? Like that must be 10,000 companies or something like that. It's actually very disproportional. Right. Half of it goes to a couple dozen companies that used to go public when they hit $100 million in revenue. Now they're not. You know, Silicon Valley money is mostly investing. The big numbers of Silicon Valley money, investment, venture capital, goes into later rounds at bigger companies, Right. Where they're putting 200, right. 300, 400 million on billion dollar, quote, unicorn valuations. Remember, we used to say unicorns because a private software company with a billion dollar valuation was so rare, right? Now there's a thousand right. of them. <laughs> so, so a lot of that is uh, big money going into fast growing companies that are highly valued. 
Um, and there's a lot of little experiments going out there as well uh, into little efficiently funded companies that are creating niche solutions uh, and all kinds of other experiments. So, uh, yeah, the boom, we see it in banking, fintech, and payments, right? It's just an explosion. And there's going to be billion-dollar, like big billion-dollar companies out there. Whether it disrupts the old insurance providers uh, and the models and the pricing like, like Uber did to taxis, right? They didn't touch the old business model. They just disrupted it completely. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it all remains to be seen, but for, as far as I can tell, uh, it's a good thing. The consumer experience in insurance is getting better. Uh, AI and machine learning, all this super intelligence with the data is making things more efficient. So maybe there'll be better pricing um, and better mm -hmm. matching and all of that. And for agents who did the same and agency owners who did the same kind of independent or captive uh, type selling for all these years, that model's changing, whether it's going direct or whatever, I don't know. But like, there's all kinds of technology there. So if you're a big insurance provider and you're not gobbling up, there's a lot going on in, in the insurance uh, tech business in all kinds of angles. So part of the sport of startups and investing is placing bets on which software disruption is going to be, you know, grow the fastest be the biggest, uh, change things the most, and it's really hard to tell. So it's, uh, you know, that's why it's called venture investing. It isn't just banking. It's not a sure bet. Most of it doesn't work, by the way. Most mm -hmm. of all this investing in early stage companies, startups, is placing bets and they don't go very far. The horse doesn't finish the race. Right. Yeah, I know. And that's what I think a lot of people fail to forget there about that. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's, let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, requiring, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified. Um, do you think that there's one, do you think that um, having money is a bigger factor in your success or having a strong team at, at the head of that company? What makes these companies strong and some don't besides just luck? Yeah, well, uh, the, the, luck is timing, 
timing to be like if somebody tried to do insure tech 10 years ago the industry wasn't ready for it technology wasn't that Good right point, so point. and then if they wait 10 years it's going to be too late or whatever so there's a gold rush happening right now so let's call that timing okay. uh, but after that uh it's um if there is a big market opportunity you know like when i started in the software industry salespeople didn't have computers and i was making sales software like a very small, most people didn't have computers. Salespeople especially didn't have computers because they were people-oriented people running around town. Um, and even salespeople who sold computers didn't have computers, but someday they would, and we made sales software and it all grew from there. So that was good timing and it was a really big market. So there's a lot of big markets there in insure tech. Some things are niche and they'll be small, little, little features and little things, but there's a lot of big markets there, which is part of what's required to be successful with startups. Um, and the second is the team. So it's not, there's no proprietary way to advertise on Facebook that nobody else can do. And everybody's using the same software coding technology. So, mm -hmm. uh, so the team is what makes the magic happen in a market to survive long enough to run the experiments, to get ahead faster. So, uh, the, sometimes that could be helped by pile of venture investment you know we raised 10 million dollars or something like that sometimes that could be helped but you know sometimes it doesn't help uh sometimes you've got to run the experiments and take the time to do it and the too much funding you know starts the race too early so mm -hmm. over 50 percent of companies that uh, announce big funding uh don't make it to the big price they're not the ones we really you know we read about going public right, right. and all the rest of that. So, so money doesn't say it's definitely going to be successful. It's a little bit of a myth, and oftentimes it isn't. But it can help you with team, and it can help you raise. You know, in the end, though, just about everything, if you imagine a section of the market and there's a software for that section of the market in insure tech, you know, you, there's going to be one, two, or three big players in the future. And that's mm -hmm. what venture investors are investing on is the horse, you know, win, place, or show. And it's win in place, like Uber and Lyft, Ford and Chevy, Coke and Pepsi, Android and iPhone, right? Everybody can right. make all these things in the world, and but our brain only can handle two, right? True. It's very true. You know? Yeah. As smart as we are and as much technology as there, everybody can do it. You know, we say, gosh, what else, what else would you use besides Uber and Lyft in front of a big crowd? People say, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know one. So, so there's a horse race to be the best, and that's where most of the capital goes when um, the horse race is on and everybody's trying to get big really fast. And you know, Greg, another problem that we have with it, and every industry is obviously probably running into this. Um, so I think a really, really, with us being retail, different than the big banking blocks, different than the big educational institutions, looking at us down on the real, uh, real uh, retail Main Street agents and, and, and businesses, it's so frustrating. These new companies that come along, they have the funding, they have the great product, they have the team, they start doing really well, they start gaining market share. Agents are finally saying, oh my gosh, there's finally something new that allows me to create this customer relationship or experience or sales process, whatever it could be. Um, I've got it. We go and we get it and we buy it and we move all of our processes around and get all everything and then they get bought. 
And it's like, son of a bitch. And so then we go and we repeat this cycle again and they get bopped and you repeat this. But, cycle but, you know, so what happens after they get bought? Like, so you're talking to the founder and then you're talking to the team members and it's all cool. You know, the gang and you send in feature requests and they build it, right? All that startup stuff. And then they get bought. But sometimes that works, right? No, sometimes so, it does. But a know, lot of times, yeah. Greg, they get rid of the damn thing. Because ah. like in the insurance industry, yeah. So especially in the AMS CRM market, and there's other I markets know. too. But what they'll do is, is the applied, the vertifors, they just buy them and then they set them on the shelf. And and basically agents are kind of sit there left to go, man. So it seems like every time there's a new piece of product, uh, a new piece of innovation, that, and, and that, and to be honest with you, Greg, not be, being on the outside in, that is one of the most expensive time wasters of all of our of, um, yeah, of when we're looking at this insure tech, you know, very, very tough. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the AMS business hasn't changed in so many years and everybody overpays for this kind of software that isn't that helpful. Uh, and so it's kind of a. I don't know, it's a monopoly. There's, you know, a half a dozen, a dozen of these mm -hmm. companies that don't want change. So they'll buy somebody just to not disrupt them. Right. Correct. So you need somebody to go in and solve the whole problem, create the modern one. Right. It's like it's like Uber says, oh, we'll help the taxi industry and then got get bought by a taxi monopoly in New York or something like that. No, they said we're going to change the whole thing. So we need right. somebody uh, to change the whole thing. And I, you know, uh, in Phoenix, there's a, a great team uh, facing a big market uh, at Better Agency That's there right. who's building Will great Shaw software. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Love them. And uh, full disclosure, I'm an investor there. They are friends of mine. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. So, and, and yeah, and uh, speaking of not starting with a ton of money, right? Uh, some really uh, software savvy CRM technology experts teamed up with a gang of insurance agency owner insurance, mm -hmm. uh, you know, PNC guys that really, you know, were trying to, that really knew the business deeply. And uh, they're, creating some major disruption. So yeah, yeah, their goal is not, not to just go to sleep on the shelf at, you know, Vertifor or some, something someday they want to change what but at the, the end world of the is day, for insurance agencies. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Greg, Vertifor walks in and says, Hey, we're going to give you 300 million. I'd personally fly to Phoenix and strangle Will Shaw <laughs> if he didn't freaking sell, you know what I mean? And yeah. so that's one of those things. I love him and I, yeah. but I, I get it. I get it. You know, it's just it's such a it's such a um, frustrating thing. And then there's another company out there called Courtier. Um, and they yeah. are actually they're redoing the way they do small business, which is which is something mm. that is not very. We can't make a lot of money on it as business owners. It's just they're the right. premium so small and it's tough. And they're making a way that it's it's going to uh, that I think they're going to really make some headway. But all of us agents the other day in this mastermind call we're on, Greg, we're all sitting there going. Yeah, right. They're going to get good. And in two years, Hartford's going to come along and say, you're not stealing our small business. They're going to buy them. They might incorporate some of the tools, but they're an old legacy system. And it's just easier just to put them to bed for a while. This is what us agents see. And this is what us agency owners are very getting very frustrated about when it comes to this stuff. Sometimes I wish we would just let these places be, at least let them grow up a little bit more. But the big guys have so much money and so much power. And 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 to everybody who's listening, including you, Hartford company execs, I'm not just saying you, I was giving you as an example. It might be somebody else. But I just um 
I don't know, man. It's a real, real, real frustrating thing right now for us. And we'll get through it. It's making our industry better. There's no yeah. doubt. But in the meantime, got a lot of uh, got a lot of pain points there. A lot of pain points. Yeah. Will and uh, insurance uh, agency owners who are looking at technologies. There's a lot of new technologies coming. A lot of startups. A lot of experiments. Not all those companies are going to make it. Not all those ideas or software is good. They have to look to somebody like you to, you know, co give them some uh, call the shots. Uh, this is this is something you need. These are the serious players that uh, can do it, and because they need uh, help to sort through. Because it's um, it's mm. like a new frontier, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of experimentation, and they need a little guidance to get through that. And um, so insurance agency owners are going to have to spend a little time. Um, you know, playing with the early software, reading the blogs. We're not in a late market where you just, you show up and you just get X, Y, and Z, and that's what it is, right? Mm. It's the, we're in a disruptive time. That's what it was 10 years ago. You show up and you get one of the AMSs, right? And mm -hmm. if you want to do CRM, you got one of the generic CRMs, but they didn't really work for insurance agencies. You had to pay a lot to make it right. kind of work. Yeah. And all of that. So that's why Better Agency was created. And uh, now, you know, they're solving the real AMS problem. This should be a tool that's super productive for servicing your clients, automatically selling new things without, you know, too much input and uh, driving new business. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of guidance that's needed in this, uh, this new world. The opportunity for innovators, meaning those that kind of pay attention to new technology in the insurance agency business, uh, they have a lot of leverage to be there first and grow fastest. It's like the when Google Search uh, came out and everybody started using it, if you were a lawyer in Kansas City who understood search engine optimization and online marketing and everything, you were the one out of 100, and you were first to do it, you kind of were first to the frontier and showed up at the top of the list, and your business tripled, and all of a sudden, you kind of won that war, and nobody else can kind of catch you now. So there's some advantages that can play out. It doesn't always work. Technology isn't always magic. But there's some advantages for in the insurance agency for those that play the new technology game very well and grow really fast. Well. Wow. Greg, any last-minute things you want to say? This is exactly what I wanted to hear from you. I just wanted to get your guys' take, your take on this, and congratulations on being an investor with Better Agency. Those are good friends of mine. Uh, they have the best. I, I tell I tell Will, I was uh, eating with him in um, in in Tampa Bay about a month ago, and I told him I said I think of all of the AMS people out there, I th I said I think you're less likely to sell, and he started laughing and he said Why do you think that, Jason? I said because like he has a core passion for making yes. the industry better. Like right. he's not he's not happy with he told me his exact words were if somebody wants to I'll fight them for my thoughts on this industry. And I mean he was literally saying like he'll fight them. Like he's he's really he's really that passionate about what he does until 300 million gets put in front of him. But at the end of the day I'm just saying that jokingly will, but it just has to do with you have to <laughs> You, you, it's just realistic. And so, um, good, good, good people. I'm glad you're associated with them, Greg. Anything you want to say wrapping yeah. up? Well, I would say there's a general idea. There's a, one of the myths of the software industry is that it takes people out of the equation, salespeople, 
right? It, you know, uh, service people and the rest. And so a lot of people show up in the software industry saying, oh, I want to create software that does it all. And so we don't have to have people in the equation. True. To, uh, but that's kind of a myth because uh, you, uh, something complicated, it, it's easy to order whatever, uh, a hamburger delivery or a pizza delivery without talking to somebody. That's pretty nice, right? Renting a car. But like buying insurance and doing other things like that, there will always be people involved. And the people will have finally the leverage of technology, like Steve Jobs' bicycle analogy, right? We were pretty fast humans, uh, you know, relatively by running, but when we got the bicycle, we were the fastest on earth. It was the most efficient travel ever. So I see a lot of empowerment like for that. savvy salespeople in the world. Uh, salespeople are not going away. Insurance isn't going away. Uh, it's going to change. I don't know what it's going to look like, but um, it's going to be pretty exciting. Well, as long as we have people like you following along and uh, keep pushing the issue, where can people find your podcast at? We have a bunch of software tech geeks here. Where do we find you more at, Greg? Uh, you can find the podcast at dallassoftwarepodcast.com. I'm keeping track of all the founders I'm meeting here in the Dallas uh, area in the software ecosystem. Uh, they can go to gregslist.com to see a list of software companies in 10 cities. And I collect them all, not just the big, the, you know, the top 10 we all hear about. Um, and they can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. Find me at Greg Head on LinkedIn. Greg Head. There you go. They can find you there. Appreciate your time, man, Greg. This has been really, really fun. I really, really, truly do enjoy it. Thank you. Thanks, Jason. Hey, to all you loyal listeners, you know what I do. I do what I do because I do it for you. Tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Cass. He's head. We're out.